Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my girlfriend Carol. How are you doing, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's uh, been a good week here at Massive Late Fee. It is August 11th, 1995. And we've got some news. Are you ready for some news, Carol? I am ready. Lay it on me. So, the first piece of news I have involves Siberia, as the Detroit News calls it, uh, cyberspace, the information superhighway, the World Wide Web. They, they, they call the World Wide Web Siberia? Well, that's, I think that's just the segment of this paper. Okay. The, the computer segment is Siberia. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it is. But apparently... Political junkies are going on the web as the election nears because they're going to be able to see the results via the web. Ooh. Isn't that weird? Kind of. Yeah, so the, the election is more than a year away, obviously, but uh, it says folks from New Hampshire and Iowa already are warming up for their upcoming presidential primaries. So... They have a bunch of things on the internet where you can see straw polls and stuff like that, or you can see different articles related to the upcoming presidential election next year. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so it's it's an interesting little like kind of community they're forming, and the the I the New Hampshire primaries and the Iowa caucuses are kind of organizing all of it. I mean, I'd imagine that it would be super helpful if you actually were, you know, voting. Yep. But yeah, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> That's I, haven't, true. I haven't really, you know, done that yet, so. You haven't? No. Are we sure? <laughs> <laughs> we're never sure about anything. I don't know. I think it's, uh, it's close. I don't know. Do you think someday they might have sites that have information about everything on a ballot? <laughs> like what? How they have the judges and the proposals and all that stuff. Like, you know, the only people I ever know anything about is the president. It sounds a lot like you voted because you know everything that's on a ballot. Uh, I, I don't know. I, that's that's an interesting question. I, you never really know who to vote for when it comes to those judges. A lot of times it'll say like incumbent next to their name. And you look around and you're like, well, the world isn't burned down, so I guess I'll vote for that. <laughs> what happens when you look around and the world has burned down? But then you don't vote for the incumbent. Right. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I don't know. That's that's a good question. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, that would be nice to have all the information in one spot. Yeah, I guess I guess that is one thing that the web could do for us, is consolidate all this information. Yeah. Well, that's... that's... That's a cogent commentary, Carol. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Look at you with your big words. Yeah. The big brain on Mark. Right. Speaking of a big brain, or at least a large head, uh, <laughs> this guy, Christopher... It's starting to sound dirty. This guy, Christopher Matthews, uh, he's a syndicated columnist. He writes a column here in the Detroit News about the downside of media mergers. And he's talking about all the different, you know, how Disney's buying uh, ABC and all that stuff. We talked about that uh -huh. last week. 
Mickey Mouse standing astride the entire world. Right. Um, well, uh, Westinghouse bought CBS uh, a while ago. CBS is a really interesting kind of like journey. CBS began, you know, a long time ago, radio. I think CBS was the first one, I think the first ever like network, basically. And then they spun off into a company called Viacom and then and then also CBS. They had to split up because of antitrust laws or something like that. Okay. And then Westinghouse eventually bought CBS. They purchased some of their Viacom things back. And so now CBS and Viacom are still separate entities, but they have like CBS owns a bunch of different things. I think they own one of the they own Paramount. The, okay. The Paramount Network. Um, but anyway, so he's talking about this and, and all these different mergers and how it's kind of not good for basically just entertainment in general because it gives us a lot fewer choices. Plus, a lot of these these companies, they own some affiliate, like a lot of affiliate stations, too. Okay. I think CBS owns something like 70% of their affiliate stations. So, like, the other 30% are independently owned by people, but they own most of the the actual, whatever the call line is uh-huh. for the TV station that appears in your own home market. CBS owns most of those. So, it sounds like a bit of a monopoly. Yeah, exactly. So, that's uh, Christopher Matthews here is talking about how he uh, he doesn't like that. He's not being easy on people. Nobody likes that. He's playing hardball. Um, and then the other thing is a debate, a little debate here from Michael Lind, who says nation is suffering a growing inequality of wealth. And William F. Buckley Jr. responds, not so (laughs) I, I can't do I can't do his voice. Uh, our meritocracy is alive and well, I don't know. I I have read both these pieces. I won't go into a long, long discussion. But William F. Buckley, as accomplished and brilliant of a person as he is, I think is a little on the wrong side here. Michael Lind makes a very compelling argument for why there is a growing inequality of wealth in the country. I don't know. What do you think? Um. Well, I mean... It seems like maybe there's a bigger gap because the people that own stuff like CBS are just getting richer and richer right. and richer. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah, maybe there's not as much difference between, like, neighbors. Right. But more difference between fewer people having a lot. Yes. That makes sense. And then the, the last bit of news that I have here is the new cordless phones that are hitting the market. Carol, they have 25 channels. What? Yeah, they, well, they, they, that lessen, the extra channels will lessen the risk of eavesdropping and calls with a bunch of static on it. Okay. So AT&T is announcing. I, I'm telling you, I will be very interested to get one of uh, one of these new phones, but let me tell you something. You want to know how much this is? 25-channel phone. This is mostly for business use, obviously. Okay. But I'm thinking about getting one in the house. Okay. 
but you know how much it costs? I'm going to guess. Yeah, I'm going to guess $99. I was pretty close. Yeah, for you can get it in gray or black. Oh, come on. For that kind of money, they should give you some cool colors, like pink and purple. But like I said, this is mostly for businesses. Uh-huh, businesses need color. Yeah. If you worked in a if you owned a business, you'd want to have pink phones. Yeah. Well not pink, but purple. Purple phones. Don't you think that'd be fun? I like the clear phone where you can see all the electronic. Oh yeah, that's kinda cool too. I like um (laughs) I like the ones that are shaped like different things, like some I saw one that was a mouth. Oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, Sports Illustrated, it's got that one that looks like a football. Yeah. Yeah, those are cool. Anyway, so we took a break from it. Oh, you know what, though? I wanted to, real quick, before Mm -hmm. we get into, because we're going to get into Massive Love, but I wanted to read, uh, you have one, too, I believe, somewhere. Oh, yeah. But I wanted to read, we got some messages from our new new website, retrolatefeed.com. And from our email address, because, you know, people are awesome. Uh, from RetroLateFeed.com, uh, Scott uh, messages us again, our, our good friend Scott. Good friend of the show, Scott. So a friend of the show, Scott, says, love the new internet page. It's nice not having to wait for my aunt to visit so my cousin can get me the tapes. I have to wonder if he even does listen to your show before he starts copying them, because when I mentioned the internet page to him, the blood drained from his face, and he was like, I I gotta go. <laughs> he bicycled off, and I haven't heard from him since. I'm sure he's fine. Uh, you had talked about if the girl on the podcast is funny. I think she is hilarious. There's that show. I think it's called These Friends of Mine, starring this comic named Ellen DeGeneres. I've heard of of Ellen DeGeneres and her show. Uh, have you seen her stand-up shows? She's genuinely hilarious. It would have been so much fun to work for her. The girl on this podcast is at least as funny as her. Aw, Scott, you're making me blush. Anyways, love the new internet thing, Scott. P.S. Better than Ezra rocks. It does. It <laughs> does. Number two behind them is Ezra. <laughs> but no, they, they do rock. I have heard of Ellen DeGeneres. I've seen her stand up, her whole, like, it's me, God, you know, yeah. Ellen thing. Yeah, she's very funny. Yeah. She is funny. And she then seems I, real sweet and nice, too. I think that um, I think she's funnier than me, but I appreciate the compliment. So we also got a letter from Tina Louise. I'm going to sit right down and ride myself a little. She says, hey, what's up? My name is Tina, and I love your show. Your 90210 show is hilarious. It's my favorite. I'm super excited about the giveaway. I love popping your tapes into my Sony Walkman when I'm at the mall. That's right. Now, with your website, I can listen to your show whenever I'm at an internet cafe. <laughs> Keep up the great work, and thanks for all the laughs, Tina. That's Tina, right. that's awesome. I love internet cafes. Yeah, we're making internet cafes cool yeah, we, with our they, show. Yeah, they weren't cool before us. Everyone was uh, like looking up the uh, results of the Iowa caucus. <laughs> <laughs> now they're listening to cool shows. I want some espresso now. Will you take me to to get some coffee after this? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, we can get some espresso. Go to a coffee house. We'll go to the coffee beanery or something like that. Yeah. Caribou coffee. Cool. Yeah. We'll go down to, for those of you that live locally, we'll go down to Royal Oak. (laughs) Where all the hip kids hang out. 
Down on Main Street. Down on Main Street. When you say the hip kids, I feel like we should be wearing beanies and snapping our fingers. <laughs> I will I will recite a spoken word poem and, <laughs> and everyone can can snap. Oh, yeah. yeah, daddy o. It is kind of what it's like. Uh so massive love. We've got we've Woo. got some my some favorite interesting people this week, I think. I don't know. I haven't really looked through these. So just making up some bullshit. Well, gotcha. I don't know. I mean, if if it if it's a miss, I'll just edit some stuff out. But hopefully, it's not. Editing must be a real pain in the ass with tapes. Yeah, you got to use two tapes, two tape decks. It's terrible. Can't even imagine. Sometimes the audio quality sounds off when you have to like edit. Because I don't have like a big reel-to-reel. So like people that actually produce music for a living and, and can edit stuff, you know, they use a big soundboard like this. And they record it on reel-to-reel tape, and then they just physically cut. That's basically how they do editing. And they have a special adhesive that, that uh, binds the the tape back together and stuff like that. Wow. I, I obviously don't have that kind of a setup, so I got to go two tapes and, and just kind of, you know, cut where it is. I'm sorry for every time I've ever messed anything up. Oh, so few times, though, Carol. <laughs> anyway so uh physician single white male dr love right he's putting out right away i got a lot of money and i won't be around much a 34 (laughs) looking for company of single white female 25 to 35 professional with no dependence for friendship possible long-term relationship so so, Mr. Doctor, why, why, why are you afraid of uh, single moms? What's up? That's not cool. Yeah, he doesn't want that kind of attachment, apparently. So, he just it sounds like he just wants to fuck anyway. What's the matter? <laughs> That's true. We're, we'll be meeting at my house once a week in between my you know stints in the ER or whatever he does. And besides, he's a doctor. He doesn't need an ad. I wonder if he's lying. It's it is weird to just begin with I'm a physician. Right. Do you need free medical advice? <laughs> well, take my penis and then <laughs> call me in the morning. Let's let's play doctor. Yeah, why isn't that that that's this ad writes itself. Why didn't you put that, sir? <laughs> he's a 34-year-old man and he's a doctor and he hasn't found anyone yet. There aren't any nurses where you work? Yeah, what's going on, man? Every medical show that I've ever seen, <laughs> every doctor has an affair with some nurse. Oh, yeah. Whether it's or ER. Or another doctor. Yeah, whether it's ER, whether it's St. Elsewhere. Seems like everybody, no, I see you. Seems like everybody's getting it on and, you know, the closet and shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. But this guy's got to turn to the Detroit news. <laughs> uh, let's see. Although, you know, he doesn't work on television. So it yeah. might be different. Probably doesn't look like George Clooney. Right. Yeah, he doesn't say he said he doesn't say anything about how he looks. No, he say, just didn't say anything about how he looks at all. Just that he's a physician. The only describer he gives is that he is a single white male. He's 34 years old and he's a doctor. Wow. You know what he reminds me of? Remember the guy in uh, No. With Honors. Yes. Who's going to be a gynecologist? Yes. It's like him in five years. Mm-hmm. Just start everything with, I'm a physician. Monty. Not Monty. No, um, no, the, no he, he said Monty all the time. Though. He is. 
Anyway, so female seeking female, clean, straight, fun. She's straight, but she's a female looking for a female. And of course she's clean, because everybody has to say how clean they are. Oh, weird that she says she's... Okay, so this is... I I don't know what this is. Huh. I'm going to read the rest of this, and then we got to do some detective work. Okay. Here. So this is in the female seeking female section. Clean, straight, fun, looking for a best friend to shop and to go to the movies together. Ferndale, 18 to 25, race unimportant, east side, Detroit. Huh. So if you're just looking for a friend, as you claim, which is fine, you know, to look for a friend in the personal ads, it's fine. But why is the first thing you say clean? Maybe. Maybe she means... I don't smell. Straight edge. Maybe she means... Oh, no drugs. Like drugs, yeah. Oh. Uh, Really, though? Like... I mean, if... Is the next one down heroin addict. Straight. (laughs) Sleepy. Looking for a friend to nod with. Well, I mean, if we're going to believe that she's looking just for a friend, then sure. If otherwise, then I think that you're right. And it's not really looking for a friend. I I feel like maybe she I feel like maybe she's trying to ease into something. Yeah. I don't know, though. Hmm. Not the best way. No. All right. How about a serious, fun, loving, outspoken, gay, black female uh, seeking female Feminine only. <laughs> it's feminine only again. Yeah. 18 to 35. Oh, butches. For fun-loving, friendly relationship. No games, please. Only serious need reply. So what does that mean? Like, only hardcore lesbians who've never tasted a man's dick? <laughs> yep, <Yeah>, I guess. <laughs> None of this curious shit now. <laughs> That is forbidden fruit, apparently. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. How about some men seeking men? Let's let's be fair. Saginaw area, gay white male, 43, 5'10". Seeking gay white male, 30 to 45. For friendship, possible long-term relationship, enjoy movies, dining out, quiet times. No smokers, drinkers, or drugs. Ugh. Don't drink, don't smoke. What do you do? <laughs> Apparently, have sex with other men. That must be the only fun they have. <laughs> That's like the old Dean Martin joke. Uh, I feel I feel bad for you people that don't drink because when you wake up in the morning, that's the best you're going to feel all day. <laughs> wow, that's sad. Yeah, and true. How about a bi-white married couple, late 20s, in the Ann Arbor area? Of course they're in the Ann Arbor area. (laughs) Seeking a bi-couple for friendship first, maybe more. Sense of humor and caring personality necessary. Why? I don't understand. So this is a bisexual (laughs) married couple who is looking for another couple Mm -hmm. to swing with. Right. But sense of humor and caring personality. They want to like them and have game night, too? I guess so. I guess that is like, is that the best of both worlds is to find a a couple that you can like all watch movies together with and like 
we finally have enough to play Trivial Pursuit together. Right. Uh-oh. What are you... You getting ideas over there? <laughs> no, I wouldn't... I, that would be weird for me. Be weird for both of us, too. I could understand... Yeah, that's true. I could understand, you know, another girl, but bringing another guy into the mix along with it, it's like, that's one too many. Yeah, I don't really know what to do with that many people. <laughs> you try to work the logistics out and I just don't know where all the parts go. <laughs> I would need a little educational porn, I think, before we could go down that road. Okay. Uh well here's some educational porn. A bi female nineteen five four looking for a gay slash bi female eighteen to twenty two. Very tight range there. Yeah. Who is similar in size. So she didn't give her weight, obviously, so she just means similar in height. Weird. Five four. Why? You <laughs> you don't want someone like super tall and and what does that mean? Some like I don't know. Five four is so in the middle. Are you gonna try on each other's clothes? What if he, that's what she wants? <laughs> she doesn't even want to have sex. She's just looking to double her wardrobe. <laughs> but she's being sneaky about it. She's like, oh, I'll kiss you on the ear, but you know, <laughs> give me that blouse. Right. Five four. That, like I said, that's so in the middle, though. It is. A, a, a woman who was 5'7 would be considered pretty tall, but I'd still consider that fairly close to 5'4. And a woman that's 5'1, same thing. Well, I mean, if I were thinking of responding to this ad, mm -hmm. I, I would. Are you? Uh, no. But I wouldn't unless I was like 5'3 to 5'5. Oh, okay. Well, you are shorter than that. I so. am. I am very much shorter than that. I want you. I, I, I want you to. Handsome fit. Wait, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't finish. Uh, <laughs> I want you. It's And there's a picture of Uncle Sam here. No, it's not. But a handsome fit white male seeking very special white female. You are consumed by men. You are an intense, busy Ferndale. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you are an intense, busy city? Apparently. Who would like to visit her dark side? You have obsessive thoughts that need to be realized. You have an appetite that is unsatisfied. We are meant for each other's wishes. We are careful and well-adjusted. Oh, Jesus. It does not sound like that, sir. Nope. <laughs> we need to play, but we must hide. I will spoil you. What the fuck? I, I don't know. He sounds like he's going to do something bad yeah. to this girl. This person, any w women, don't answer this ad. He wants to wear your skin. Right? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I want you uh, clean shaven. <laughs> well lotioned. Uh, no, <laughs> handsome fit white male seeking very special white female. And then he says all the things you are. You are consumed by men. What, is what that, does that mean? Does that mean that she gets eaten out? <laughs> or does that mean that she's consumed with the thought of men? Hmm. So she's a sex addict. Okay. Who wants a sex addict who is intense and busy, who lives in Ferndale for some reason? <laughs> and has You gotta a cast your dad a little wider, buddy. And has a dark side. Who wants to visit her dark side? It's, that's the that's the Obsessive part. Obsessive thoughts. 
What kind of obsessive thoughts about his penis, I guess? Yeah. We're, we are meant for each other's wishes. We are careful and well-adjusted. Is he, is he speaking about him and the, the potential person answering the ad, or is he just talking about him and the, the voices <laughs> in his head now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, he sounds like, uh, you know, the person that hangs out at City Club wrapped in, uh, mm-hmm. you know, electric tape. Yeah, absolutely. Hanging out in the shadows. Yep. Run, ladies. Well, that's nothing is going to top that. So <laughs> I'm done now. Oh, no. The voices in his head. Wow. Speaking of voices in our heads, we watched a movie where people spoke and then those so- sounds traveled to our ears and then in our heads. <laughs> that, that would be the same every week. Was that a labored, uh, metaphor? Was that a labored uh, transition there? It was. Um, we saw Dangerous Minds. We did. This guy's got a dangerous mind. <laughs> right. I guess that would have been a better transition, but go ahead. But, um, yeah, so, you know that song, the theme song to this mm-hmm. movie? I can't get it out of my head. Bum, bum, bum. You're not getting it. <laughs> That's not it. That's how it starts. No. Dun, dun. No. Been living most of okay, our lives, so living in a gangster's paradise. definitely going to have to do a uh, mixtape on this one. Are we? Yeah. All right. Because I want to be able to play the song for people. It's it's it's, it's the exact same. It's than that, though. It's, it like, is... it's like a car alarm. <laughs> a rhythmic car alarm. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's been most of our lives. Anyway. With a key fob that just doesn't work. Uh, yeah. So Dangerous Mich- Minds. Michelle Pfeiffer. That's, by the way, that song is ripe for parody. Oh yeah, that because it's so it's so serious. It's so like Coolio is so like this is the most this is the most real fucking song that's ever been written. <laughs> like that's how the whole song seems, and it's just yeah, it's ripe for parody. It's a really good song though. I like it. It's good. Okay, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yes, Michelle Pfeiffer mm-hmm. is a teacher who just actually not even a full teacher she's working on becoming a teacher she's a, she's a teacher, teacher in over her head right <laughs> she goes to a job interview to be a student teacher and gets hired to teach a problem class they're going to get her emergency certification right there that that's like a, a sign that maybe oh, yeah. something's wrong well she's never taught before she's a former marine yeah and her buddy uh, I don't know, large man, number two. <laughs> I don't know if they actually ever say his name. They do, but I can't remember. I think it was Bill or something like that. All right, well, Bill gets Bill gets her the interview. Yeah. And then Michelle Pfeiffer, the actress, comes and says, <laughs> I used to be in the, in the military, now I want to teach. You know, the one thing that bothers me, now this is supposed to be based on a true story. It is based on a true story. Not supposed to be, it is. So, I can't imagine a Marine... Being as intimidated as she was initially by these children. So I I heard a little about her in the news. Okay. In the lead up to this movie. And she was a Marine who was honorably discharged 
but she didn't see any combat or like she didn't I don't she had a job in the Marines that was like I mean obviously there aren't many females in the Marine in in the armed forces even now right and I don't know if any of them see combat now or mm-hmm. not I know they've they've been pushing for it but she was in the Marines a while you know a while ago cuz the, the book was written I think the book book was written like two or three years ago or something like that. But obviously her experiences were before that and her time in the Marines was even before that. I think maybe in the late 70s or the 80s or something like that. She had some self-defense training as as is shown in the in the movie. But she was she was I think she did like clerical work or I I don't want to I don't want to say because I don't remember exactly what it was. But she she wasn't on the front lines or anything then. Okay, well, I mean, I guess that makes sense then. But. She is a white girl mm-hmm. who looks Michelle Pfeiffer, very, is very, very white girl. Like she's she's very pale, pale. yes, and blonde and and little and mousy, and she comes in dressed like she's going to a job interview. Yeah, for her first day teaching this class, she has a southern accent. Yeah. Sounds like maybe Texas or Arkansas. I don't know. You're more the accent guy than I am. Yeah. And these kids eat her alive. It's, I mean, it's funny. She's consumed <laughs> by kids, not men. But. Right? I mean, it just, the whole thing seems very un- unfair. Yeah, well, they, they threw her in there without telling her anything about this class yeah. or what they were like or what happened to the other teachers. I guess they didn't want to scare her off. Yeah. It was so, what the funniest part, though, is when she finally gets, like, fed up enough and, like, just, you know, she's getting laughed out of the room. Because first, like, somebody does something, Emilio, <laughs> does something to her. What a succinct, <laughs> what, you're really painting a picture with words Shut there. This is theater of the mind. Somebody does something. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. He said something about how he would eat her. Yeah. Was that the first He does day? make a sexual innuendo, yeah. yes. And um, she's like, what is your name? And she writes it on the board. That was a really good impression of her, actually, <laughs> of her saying that. And, what is your name? Yeah. And then, like, they just laugh her out of the room at that point. So she yeah, goes to her shit. friend's class, opens the door, and just slams it. Right. So, I mean, it, it was funny. And she comes back. I don't think I would have. Well, she goes and she's like, okay, she reads all these books about discipline and... In one night. And how to... Yeah, exactly. I'm sure that's part of where the movie took took literary license or whatever. Right. Because obviously, probably she... I would say... I don't know at all, but I mean, if I had to guess, I'd say that she probably taught that class for a few weeks before then slowly kind of like learned this stuff and right. then but they, the movie doesn't have time for all that so yeah and one night she reads all these <laughs> books about discipline and says oh, i'm gonna wear a leather jacket so she puts and, a leather and, jacket on and boots yeah. and cowboy boots which is such a mistake they're like oh it's a cowboy well the first day she shows them how to defend themselves against mm-hmm. attack and then the second day they're like she starts passing out the assignment, the mm-hmm. English assignment. They're like, what about uh, show us how to, you know, show us some other fighting move. She's like, well, I can't teach you that every day. And, you know, then they're, they're tuned out. They don't give mm. a shit. Yeah, they only, they only want to learn what they want to learn. Right. 
And, the, and apparently they were reading a book called My Darling, My Hamburger. Yes. I really sounds awesome. want to know what that's about. That is fucking insane. It sounds like the sequel to the movie A Hero Ain't Nothing But a Sandwich. <laughs> right? Which is a real movie. Or I read a book called Better Than Ice Cream. I, I listened to a band called Better Than Ice Cream. Well, there we go. Full circle back to <laughs> friend of the show. Scott. Scott. <laughs> so, yeah, she she kind of is getting their attention and then she loses it. So she writes a sentence on the board for them to figure out the verb, which mm-hmm. is the action word. That's true. Very good. <laughs> I know some stuff. Carol was very, Carol was very happy watching this movie. She's like, oh, I know that. I know the verb. Can you name the parts of speech, Carol? Not all of them. Leave me alone. <laughs> Try. See how many you can get. No. Come on. Noun, verb, adverb. Uh-huh. Adjective. Yeah. Expletive? No. No. Close. Exclamation. Okay, exclamation. Or interjection, yeah. Pronoun? Pronouns one, yeah. How many are there? Seven. So I only need one Seven more. slash eight. Sometimes people do eight, but yeah. I, I don't know what the last one is. Uh, noun, verb, adjective, adverb, pronoun, uh, um, interjection, and... Preposition. Okay. Thank you, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, Mr. Phillips, uh, teacher there. Oh, and uh, uh, conjunction. Ah. Yeah. Eight parts of speech. If you count count the interjection, which most people do. So, like, yeah, eight parts of speech. So, she wants... What's a preposition? Oh, my God, would you stop it? You freak. Do you know what a preposition does? I want to teach everyone out there what a preposition is. Can we just talk about the movie? Nobody cares. A preposition preposition describes where a noun is in time or place, such as the pencil (sighs) is on the table. Continue with the movie. I'm trying to teach people. She's trying to get their attention. She writes a sentence on the board. It's some boring sentence that they don't care about. So then she writes. Tony went to the store or something like that. Right. So then she writes, I. Choose. choose to die yep so that gets their attention and they're able to identify that choose is the action word and and that's kind of the theme then for the class is you know making choices Correct. so it's it's something that they can take into their personal lives as well mm-hmm. and she gets them to start reading poetry she tells them that they all have an a mm-hmm. right now and that all they have to do is keep it. Which, I mean, they act like that's this amazing thing, and I get it because, like, they've never had an A or whatever. But you can always look at it that way when you walk in your first day of school. I disagree. Yeah? I actually think it's a different way. I, I Maybe it's maybe even it's a different way of grading. Because typically I would think when you walk into a classroom the first time, you have a zero. Whatever you get on your first paper or your first test, that's the grade that you have. And then it's your job to improve that or it, or it comes down. But starting someone at 100%. So, like, let's say someone got a C on their first paper. That's their grade now. 
Well, I guess I guess it is. I guess it is the same, isn't it? Because if you had an A and then you got a C, then your grade would still be a C because that yeah. would average out to a C. or no, it would average out. It would average out to a B. Okay, I mean, I guess it, yeah. If she gave them like a hundred points as a starting out point or whatever. Yeah. Okay. That's my that's my guess is what she means. Oh, but it's really just a different way for them to look at it. You're already a success. You're here. Right. You chose to be here. You know, so you're a success. Now just continue to make that choice and continue to do the work. So she's, you know, working with them and it kind of focuses on different students throughout the movie and different things that are going on and yeah they can't they can't handle 30 storylines right. here so there's the smart black girl who happens to be pregnant mm-hmm. there's emilio is that his name yeah emilio who is the the tough but like soft and lovable inside what? where did you get uh, soft and lovable inside there's no soft lovable inside oh yeah when they spend the night together and he's like he opens up and yeah everything. you can tell he's scared but i wouldn't say he's soft and lovable Mm, all right i i think he is but whatever he he also you know kind of brings the class over to her side yeah when she gets through to him he's got a like a soft little center he's not just all hardness yeah okay and all i don't care about people but i don't think that he's a teddy bear hiding undercover okay no he's a hard bad boy right that's what you like (laughs) that's your obsession Okay, it has nothing to do with that. Ew. Okay. Okay. Move it along. I, just, I, I said were, what I was going to say. Okay, and then Your there's Raul, talk. I think. Raul, yes, yeah. He, Raul's a teddy bear. Yeah, Raul's the sweet little guy. Mm-hmm. And um, Darrell yep. and Lionel, who are brothers. Yes. Callie's the smart girl. Okay, nice job. I remembered names. So yeah, that's the that's the group that we're gonna focus on. Right. Everyone else does not matter. <laughs> Including the guy that sits in the back with the weird hair, the like the the white guy. Like I was like, is that Michelle Pfeiffer's dad? Like what? <laughs> the age range in this class is just all over the place. He didn't look that old. He looks a lot older than a, a high schooler. I don't think so. All right. So he was 30. She um, she bribes them with candy at some points. She throwing butterfingers at their faces. Right. She bribes them and says that she will take them to a theme park. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what they had to do for that, but um, she then gets in trouble with the They had to read poetry. Okay, And she gets in trouble with the principal because, you know, she took them on an unauthorized field trip they just all decided to go and they invited her and he said uh and they paid for you and she goes no i was i paid for them i was so moved to, right. to, be, to be invited that i just paid for them which you know is is whatever <laughs> it's a slick way to get around it i guess how can they prove otherwise right but because it wasn't a school sanctioned event either and so, i'm sure it was after hours yeah where's there's they have no liability so he, he doesn't need to be mad about it but he's mad about everything. He he mm. has a stick so far up his ass. Courtney B. Vance is the is the actor's name. Well, I hate him. Yeah, well, I don't know him, but but yeah, the character is no good. Um, but yeah, so she says we're gonna read poetry. She talks to 
her buddy and says, who's your favorite poet? And he says, Dylan. And she thinks, she thinks yeah. Dylan Thomas, which I don't know why you would think that because no one would say the first name of the poet and that's it and expect you to know. The Irishman. The Irishman, Dylan Thomas. So, yeah. I drink a lot. He was and actually, I'm depressed. <laughs> he was actually talking about Bob Dylan. Yeah, Bob, which, which who was a poet in, you know, his own way. Yeah, for sure. Blowing in the wind and all that stuff. So she starts distributing poems of Bob Dylan's work to mm-hmm. the class. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man. <laughs> Which they discover is code for drug dealer. So I thought Which that was it pretty is. cool. <laughs> I mean, that's never been confirmed, I guess, but come on. That's what it is. Yeah. And, okay, so she has them do that. She has them find a correlation between... It's the Dylan Dylan yeah, contest. Yeah, a Dylan Thomas and a Bob Dylan poem. Mm-hmm. I will hold my head high when I go to my grave. All that stuff. Yeah, so it's I will not go gentle. Mm-hmm. Probably Dylan Thomas's most famous poem. Yeah. So yeah, so it's, rage against the dying of yeah. the light. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. It's a good poem, but he is a depressing poet. So she has them learning poetry. They're doing great. Everybody's got A's. They're excited about school. They're not reading My Friend, My Hamburger, or whatever. <laughs> right. My Sweetheart, My Hamburger. But um, there's some things that come up personally with the kids throughout. Like um, Emilio and Raul mm-hmm. get into a fight. Because Raul owes him money or something. Yeah. Most likely a drug you know, issue because it's obvious that uh, Emilio's the Big dealer, and we don't talk. We never talk about that though about drugs. They never talk about that in the movie. No, but it's obvious. Yeah, I guess. But they that's very glossed over. Because like they said at one point, like everyone knows if you make a deal with Emilio, mm-hmm. what kind of other what other kind of deal are teenagers making? I don't know. <clears throat> so he ends up beating up Raúl, and maybe she, it's like Saved by the Bell. He bet fifty dollars that uh, the local nerd would beat Valley in the uh, chess match. Right. You make a deal with Raul that the Russian uh, Valley guy won't beat uh, Screech. <laughs> you better pay up. I would love to see a, a a merge of those two worlds. Wow. Yeah, that would be fu- some fucked up stuff. Um, what's weird is I don't like the way the school handles this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Raul gets... I don't like the way the school handles anything. (laughs) Yeah. But Raul gets suspended from school for three days. Yes. And Emilio, even though he was the one who started it... Nothing happens to him. Yeah, he he just gets to keep going. Because I think... They got caught and he didn't or something like that. And, no, or they, they, they both got caught. They, they all got put in the cop cars. They didn't want to press charges, I think, because he's an adult. He got held back like three times. Right. So Emilio is an adult and they're not... And they were like, well, we're not going to press charges. So they just let him go, I guess. And for some reason, he doesn't get suspended. I don't know why. Well, what the school said, or, or what what his teacher says to the parents anyway, is that they, they only have Raul home to keep him away from the other kid for a few days so the other kid can calm down. Yeah. That's stupid. The whole thing's dumb. Yeah. But she goes and talks to Raul's family to you know tell them that it wasn't his fault. And that he's one of her favorite students and and all this stuff and that they're the parents are so happy and proud yeah, it was tell. Really cute. And um he is one of the people that wins, him and Callie. Yeah. And and one of the brothers. Yeah. 
they win this poetry contest. And so she's going to take them to this super fancy restaurant. Mm -hmm. But Raul's the only one who actually makes it. But, and it's like, she's, God love her. She's kind of dumb to not think about this. He didn't have anything nice enough to wear to the fancy ass restaurant. Right. So he like borrowed money or like got a jacket from a guy on the street. Now he owes him $200. From some loan shark. Yeah. So, so that comes out over the same the meal. guy that sold Zach Morris uh, class rings. Right. <laughs> right. Who walks around just selling like, hey, here's a jacket. Yeah. Whatever. Know. So. That's what life's like on the streets. Yeah, eat your jackets from a guy in the corner. <laughs> well, she's like, why didn't you just buy it in a store? Like, that's such a stupid question. Like, how could she be that stupid? She's a Marine. Right. She's college educated. Like, I mean, I know it's different than street smart. She has but... no experience with people living like this. Why didn't you just buy it in a store? So he's like, are you crazy? Oh, it's a nice name. By the way, we should mention the school is in a decent neighborhood and Hello, everything. Alto. Alto. Yeah, but the... The kids are bussed in from nearby, I think it's like, it's East Palo Alto or something like that. It's a historically poor neighborhood of minorities, but they're bussed in because it's a better school and they can get a better better education there, supposedly, even though they're reading this book meant for third third graders, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I I really, I want to see if it's a real book. I doubt it. It seems like it has to be a lie. My darling, my hamburger. But over dinner, she makes him promise to pay her back the money that she is going to give him. So that he doesn't get murdered by this guy. Because first he says, I'm not going to be in class for a few days and I I can't have you come into my house about it. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, you're going to need to explain that to me. So it's because he needs to go get money to pay this guy back. He needs to rob some people. So she stops him from that. Thank goodness. And um, makes him promise to pay her back when he graduates. Mm -hmm. So he's now promising to graduate. Yeah, because she says, I know if you make a promise that you will follow through no matter what. And then she goes right from that to taking um, dinner to Callie at work, Mm -hmm. where she finds out that she's pregnant. That's when she finds out. She didn't know. Because she's leaving school to Mm -hmm. go to some alternative school to to be pregnant with the baby. Because... They make the girls go to some alternative school. Well, they make that seem like they make them go. Well, they do make them go. They just, they don't know they have a choice. It's, it's, it's the school people, not the board of education, not anybody higher up. It's the principal and the vice principal are assholes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they make, they make it seem like there's, it's, there's no rule, but they make it seem like. You have to go. And she's like, oh, the vice principal's like, if they stick around, they become celebrities. It's not like a cautionary tale. Everyone's like, oh, your baby and stuff. She's like, and then that makes all the rest of them want to fuck and have kids. Yeah, basically. She's like, pregnancy is contagious. Yeah. And she's, she's like, you know, they're animals. She doesn't say that, but that's the implication is that, uh, you know, they're not like us. They're not white. So she tries to convince Kelly. She's like, hey, you're like the smartest person in this class you shouldn't throw away your education by going to this other school you should go here and then learn from me and have your baby and everything will be all right right so it won't be but i don't know how the hell she's gonna go to college with a young child 
<laughs> yeah. It's ve- some people can do it. It's really tough. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. She did seem like she had some good support from her mom, though. Yeah. So that's obviously key. Well, and she she's with somebody. She was going to go get an apartment with them. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the, the guy's name. It was a guy. It sounds like a girl's name. Okay. Uh, Isabel. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, she was going to go move in with the daddy of the baby. Mm-hmm. And she was going to go to this alternative school and just work on saving money and stuff. She does start to go to the alternative school. She does. And then the brothers stop showing up to class. Yep. And they, she goes to talk to the grandma, and the grandma's like, yeah, you got them excited about school. They're not graduating school. They're not going to freaking college. She calls her a white bread bitch. Yeah. They're going to be working, I don't know, wherever. They're going to be on the street yeah. hustling or something like that. Yeah, she basically is like, you don't need, I don't want you filling their heads with poetry and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. She thinks it's a waste of their time. They don't need the shit. <sighs> it was so sad, because they were, they were like, they were so sad, you could see it. Yeah. It's not fair. Anyways, it's it's that happens, and you know Callie goes to the alternative school. She lo- so she's lost three of her students. Mm-hmm. Then Emilio's girlfriend, apparently her ex boyfriend was in prison. Yeah, and just got out and says that Emilio stole her. Right. So he wants to fight, and um, that's my woman. Yeah, I want her back. And Emilio. You know, it does not help matters when he grabs his crotch and says, you have to have one of these. I mean, I'm sorry. He might have been able to handle that more tactfully. I guess. So <clears throat> she tries her best to help him. Um, His girlfriend, An- Angela, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's Angela. She she asks for help, and she and um, Michelle Pfeiffer's character. Yeah. Has him come home with her? Well, she tries to. She says, you know, you can go to the police. And he's like, no, I'm not snitching. And he thinks about it for a minute. He's like, I'm not going to snitch. And she's like, well, you know, come stay at my house. There's no there's no shame in hiding, basically, is what she mm. says. And so she takes him to her house. They kind of have this, like, heart to heart. She's like, you can go to the principal in the morning. You can say, hey, I'm being threatened by this guy. You know, I don't like it or whatever they'll take care of it it'll be like a parole violation he'll go away and by the time he's you know done with the rest of his stint they're not gonna he's not gonna care anymore which i think is stupid yeah but it's like 10 years i think she says or something like that from what it from what he's facing so 10 years from now he should be graduated and long gone right and not it not be an issue anymore like him not really be able to find him so you know he says he'll he'll think about it whatever I remember a funny thing, too, though, is like he's like, I'm not a snitch. And, and she's like, no, kill him. That's better. Right. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't disrespect him by snitching on him, but murder him. Right. So she gets up in the morning and he's gone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're terrified that like he's gone off and going to, you know, get in a fight with this dude. And she goes to the school and asks if, you know, he'd been in to see the principal and they said yes. And so, you know, she's so relieved. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, you know, how'd it go? What'd you say? And he's like, oh, I sent him away. Yeah. Because he didn't knock. Mm-hmm. So he gets shot and killed. Yep. So that's the fourth student she's lost. And that pretty much breaks her. Yeah. And she Raul's was, not enough. Yeah. Which is sad. And the rest of them we don't care about at all. <laughs> 
so she tells them she's not coming back. Mm. And she's, she's she's leaving after this semester. She can't take it. And um, you know, they're all pretty mad at her. Like we're not enough, whatever. And um, the last day of school, they get Callie to come back. Yep. She she has she you can be absent for up to if you're absent 30 days, you can't come back to the school. So she's been gone 29 days at this point. So she comes back and she's basically she's re-enrolled in the school. So then, you know, in the fall, she'll be able to come back. Mm-hmm. And um, then they, they as she explains it to her friend later, they gave her candy and called her the light. So right. She's going to stay. So, yeah, she <laughs> she decides to stay. And that's basically the end of the movie. Um. So. What did you, Kara, why don't you tell us what you thought about this movie? I really enjoy the movie. It's an emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. I think it's well done. I think it's well acted. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I, I like everything about it, honestly. I like the music. I, I like it all. So, I like the movie. I, I really do think it's a good movie. Michelle Pfeiffer is very good in it. I think she, she, you know, I don't. I don't want to say she carries the movie because the the teen actors, or probably most probably young adult actors, right. <laughs> are very are, are good in, in their own right as well. But I think she elevates maybe a, a script that's underwritten. Okay. Um. I not just a character that's underwritten, an entire script that's underwritten. Because if I had, I mean. A small, it's not as big as it's going to sound, but if I had a small gripe with the movie, the movie does tend to paint with a pretty broad brush. Yeah. It's, we don't get a lot of, so Callie, right, Mm -hmm. is pregnant and very smart, which is obvious from the beginning. And, you know, she's from a broken home, but we don't know much about her beyond that. Right. We don't know what her childhood was like. We don't know basically anything about her relationship or how she became pregnant or how she feels about it. If she struggled with maybe getting an abortion, you know, stuff like that. Right. Um, we don't know much about Emilio other than the fact that he's tough. You know, like a lot of them, a lot of the characters, are even Michelle Pfeiffer, really, are... Uh, caricatures almost mm-hmm. like we know Michelle Pfeiffer got divorced and he was abusive. We did they say that? Yes. Okay, so they said he, that he was. Yeah, that's right. And that, she was pregnant and had an abortion. Yeah, and and she's talking about talking about that with Callie, who I think was saying that she couldn't bring herself to have an abortion, so right. she did struggle. Yeah, there was there was so there was a little bit of characterization with with Michelle Pfeiffer's character, but. A lot of a lot of the characters are caricatures. Um, it's a lot of surface stuff. It's I think it's designed that way though to hit those specific beats. You know what I mean? Like it, it, to make the movie a different way, we would have had to focus on one one teacher, Michelle Pfeiffer, mm-hmm. and one cat, like one uh, I was a cast member, <laughs> one student. Like, we could have gotten really in-depth with one student and Michelle Pfeiffer's character and kind of how she's struggling with the class as a whole. But you can't... It's very hard to get into deeply into character when you have so many of them to go through. Like, we couldn't learn everything about Raul's life 
and Callie's life and Emilio's life and Emilio's girlfriend's life <laughs> and, you know, the, the two brothers. Like, it's just, it's too much. There's yeah. not enough movie for that. That that might be a good TV show, but, it, you know, we couldn't do it in a movie. So I think it's by design that they, they're, I don't want to say stereotypes because it doesn't go that far, but they're more caricature like yeah, I, I think I think that's by design. Yeah, there's surface characters because we're not going deeply into anything. But it it that prevents me a little bit from making a strong emotional connection to the movie. Not me. Like when Emilio died, I wasn't like super moved by that. Really? It was sad, but I wasn't like oh gut wrenching because you know I needed to know more about him. To be invested in him as a character. See, to me, I I was upset because of just the the wastefulness and the ridiculousness yeah. because he could have been saved. Who he was as a person didn't really matter that much. Mm-hmm. It was the situation. I understand. Yeah, and a lot of this is situation. And because it's the whole premise is based on the situation. Right. Oh, a white woman, you know going into this classroom and trying to to teach trying to gain respect and teach and teach them. Mm-hmm. So the movie's based on a situation a lot of it is situational and it resonates in that way for sure. But like I said, I mean that's that would be my one complaint with the movie, but I did enjoy the movie. I do like I do like the movie. That didn't prevent me from from liking the movie. But I liked it in a, a bit of a more of a distanced way. I okay. think then that a more intimate portrait would have affected me a little bit more. You know what one of the things that prevented me from liking the movie was? What? All the cigarettes that I had to watch her friend smoke. <laughs> I wanted one so bad when that was over. That was his character, Smoker. Yeah. Who liked his wife. Yep. <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, but that's that's I think that's the episode. Mm-hmm. I don't really have much more to say, but I definitely think it's worth seeing. Yeah, I would say go see it. It's a good movie, okay. Dangerous Minds. And I know I've said this before and not done it, but I will. I really will try to do a mixtape for this one. What will we pair it with? I don't know. Let's figure that out by ourselves. We'll surprise them. Gangsters Paradise and. Heaven is a Place on Earth by Belinda Carlisle. <laughs> All right. We will see you next time. Oh, tell go to retrolatefee.com. Tell them. We the, have a giveaway you can check out there and so you can write us and mm-hmm. we'll read your stuff. And, retrolatefee.com. Know. Give us stars. You know, do all that stuff. And uh, retrolatefee1994.com. Yes. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.